Today on CityCast Denver. Why in God's name are all these Denverites leaving for a rundown little town on the New Mexico border? You could do uh, uh, tremendous things in Denver, you know, that, that are game changing in a lot of ways and they just don't get noticed by people. Uh, you drop a pin in Trinidad and people notice. Today is Wednesday, June 30th, 2021. I'm Paul Caroli and this is CityCast Denver. Let's see what's happening out there today. Looks like more afternoon showers are coming our way. There's a 40% chance of rain, but if it misses us, expect sunny skies and a high in the low 80s. Our top story. It's our producer, Alexandra McMahon's birthday. Happy birthday, Alexandra. Remember earlier this week when I told you about Aramark, the food service company with a controversial track record that the city was hoping to bring on to run food service in Denver's jail and detention center? Well, City Council approved the contract Monday night, with only Council members Amanda Sawyer and past CityCast Denver guest Candy Sadabaka opposing. Before the vote, there was a lot of talk about oversight and accountability, and while I think there's still plenty of cause for concern there, the Sheriff's Department says they're going to hire a third party to conduct an annual audit. So that's something. As we look forward to the MLB All-Star Game at Coors Field next month, some housing activists have noticed a disturbing trend. They say the police are conducting as many as three sweeps of our unhoused neighbors per week, and that it seems like the city is trying to whitewash our housing crisis before the TV cameras point our way. A city spokesperson denied the allegation that there's some new policy in place for the big game. In fact, she said the cops have been conducting two to three sweeps per week for several months now. So no, it's not some conspiracy around the All-Star game. It's just the way the city of Denver does business. In historic preservation circles, Dana Crawford is a household name. More than any other person, she is responsible for the redevelopment of two of Denver's most iconic and historic landmarks, Larimer Square and Union Station. So it came as a bit of a shock when a few years ago she turned her attention elsewhere. Uh, I generally am attracted to things that are extremely needy and also practical. And... um, The cost of real estate in in Denver now is really forbidding. So I began to look around in rural Colorado and I landed in Trinidad because I think it's probably one of the most storied and it has fabulous architecture. Dana saw the brick-lined streets, the old Fox West Theater and the big brewery and thought, Trinidad's best days might be ahead, not behind. So she made some deals with local leaders to basically do for Trinidad what she did for Larimer Square. You know, we don't want to turn it into a Disneyland or anything. You have to be very, very careful not to um, attract developers that are, um, you know, I I guess I have a little prejudice against sort of Texas designs. Are you from Texas? (laughs) No, I'm not. You can can go (laughs) off on Texas design if you want. All right. Okay. And now those seeds Dana planted are finally sprouting. In the last couple years, and especially during the pandemic, Trinidad has attracted droves of Denverites, many who don't share Dana's fanatical obsession with historic architecture. So my question, as a person who loves Denver and can't imagine leaving, is what's so special about Trinidad? What a lovely uh, natural light you have going on right now this morning. I hope it's okay. I got nice holes in the walls and all sorts of things going on behind me. 
two years ago, Kayvon Calabari was running to be mayor of Denver. Now, he's all in on Trinidad, leading the charge to redevelop the town and boost the economy in a way that he says will benefit everyone. Now, Kayvon, I've always thought of you as one of those people who really makes Denver what it is today. You were on the forefront of cannabis legalization. You started businesses here, Denver Relief and Sexy Pizza. You even ran for mayor a couple years back. And now it seems like you're all in on Trinidad. How did that happen? You know, I've been in Denver for 17 years now. And, you know, I'm from Nebraska, so it was already a bigger town than I'm accustomed to. But I think that the path that it took, you know, all these good things happening and, and a lot of good folks doing good stuff made Denver a desirable place to be and in Colorado in general. And I, I just to be frank and honest, it, it's outgrown me a bit. Um, it's become a little too busy on the streets and sidewalks. It's uh, become a little loud. Um, the air quality is certainly something that's been affecting me negatively. Um, the politics here. Uh, the neoliberalism is really wearing on me, <laughs> which is why I participated in politics in the first place. And I just, I w I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I adopted two young girls last year, uh, who my co-parent with, uh, an 89 year old that lives here. So I, I'm, you know, between that, and my business is not, not leaving anytime soon fully. Um, but I needed to start setting up camp somewhere else and, and start to build a life somewhere else. Hmm. So what's the story here? Like, was there a moment or was there, was it more of a process that you came to Trinidad and, and picked this, this place? You know, I, like a lot of people, um, have driven through Trinidad numerous times and, and stopped to get gas or a quick bite, uh, but didn't really spend much time, uh, checking the town out. And it was an employee of mine, uh, at my comedy production company, Sexpot Comedy, Wally Wallace, who... Um, after we shut down Sexpot, he, uh, threw a comedy festival in Trinidad and got to understand the town a little more and ended up buying a house and moving there because it afforded him the opportunity to buy a house. And it was his first home. Um, and, and he just fell in love with the town and he started asking me over and over and over every time we talk, uh, bugging me, pestering me to, to come down and check it out. And finally, after about a year of that, I did. And that was last, um, May or June. Uh, 2020 during the pandemic, you know, I had more time on my hands. A lot of my travel had ceased for work and, and pleasure. And I just found myself with, you know, yeah, let's go spend three or four days down there. And when I got down there and got that Cadillac tour from Wally, I just, I fell in love with the place. And a lot of it is not something I could, you know, verbalize or, or quantify. There's just this spirit of the place that really is appealing and I think it was within 24 hours of going down there, I put an offer on this um, 1890s church that was kind of falling into disrepair um, and got it for $90,000, you know, and I was like, okay, this is going to be a, a really good project for, you know, my, me and my girls to escape Denver and go work on and, you know, a kind of a home base somewhere else that we could have some fun with. And I'm just, I'm really grateful that I, as I have, I think throughout my whole life, really listened to my instinct and, and followed, you know, good people. And, um, I hate to sound douchey when I say this, but good vibes, you know, it felt, it felt really <laughs> good and right to be down there. And I'm glad that I, that I followed that feeling. I don't think that's douchey at all. That's what I hear from everybody about Trinidad is that good vibes and, and 
you know, I, I haven't actually been, so I don't really get it. And I'd love to, I don't know. I mean, could you just explore that a little bit more? Like what creates good vibes? Dana Crawford obviously is talking about the historic buildings down there, but I think it's probably, there's a different appeal for someone like Wally and someone like yourself. Yeah, the, you know, the historic aspect of it, the buildings, the brick streets, there's the creative um, uh, people that are down there that, you know, a lot of older folks who have moved from all over the country to settle and establish there and to, to have a peaceful place to create uh, and to show their work. Um, now we're starting to see that be supplemented by younger folks, by folks that might have a little bit more of, a, you know, an urban mindset. Um, so I think the, you know, the creative economy being developed down there is really intriguing, you know, especially with comedy and music and these things that maybe were there to an extent, but I think we're really honing in on and, and starting to strengthen through some of the folks that were, um, getting down there and especially, you know, folks like high dive and, and mutiny information cafe and, and just a lot of the comedians that have moved down there, Nathan Lund and Jay Gillespie and folks like that. And, you know, folks who have lived there for generations have you know, heard that, hey, something like this is coming or, or seen the, the start of it in the past, but uh, they'll tell you quickly that there's something different happening now and they feel it and they're really excited to be a part of it. Well, let's talk about what it is exactly. How are you all going to manage this growth without making Trinidad into one of these inaccessible mountain towns like Telluride or Aspen? I wish we could guarantee that. You know, I, I think that is the, the, the struggle, the task, the puzzle in front of us. Um, you know, fortunately, I think the pandemic really highlighted a lot of the inequities that, you know, a lot of us already knew were out there, but maybe the general public wasn't so aware of. Um, these crises around wage and housing, um, you know, there, there's so much in the world that the pandemic didn't create, but shone a light on. And I think that we have that to our benefit down there in encouraging some of these conversations about how we can do things differently. You know, the, the city seems to be very interested in hearing from a wide swath of stakeholders and not just trusting, you know, the, the state bureaucrats or this developer, or that developer. Um, the conversations seem to be a heck of a lot more engaging and really cover the spectrum of ideas. And, um, well, what's know. an example of like a, an idea that you wanted to get traction around in Denver that you think there might be a chance of, of making happen in Trinidad? Uh, I think a good example would, and you know, this is to be seen, to be determined, is, is really on housing in general. You know, I'm a, one of the founders and sit on the board of the Colorado Village Collaborative, which operates the tiny homes in Denver and the safe outdoor spaces. I mean, that was something the mayor's office and city council and zoning and building departments fought for years um, that we didn't have, you know, the ability to get traction on, that we had to push and push and push and create this really um, private m uh, movement, you know, to, to finally get it over the hump and, and, and prove to the city that it works. And they've come on board since. We have the benefit of some of these things proving themselves um, to take down to Trinidad. So, you know, maybe it's tiny home communities. Maybe it's, you know, pushing a accessory dwelling units in people's backyards more often. Maybe it's, you know, redefining zoning and building codes to allow for more co-housing. And I think Trinidad at least seems on the surface willing to explore all of those ideas around housing, whereas Denver is really just adamant about how can we find a couple more million dollars to make it look good in a headline but also realize that a million bucks means three units, <laughs> you know? Hmm. And you were talking about this whole like 
creative class, like maybe more people who are a little bit more alternatively inclined who are interested in Trinidad right now. And that's the big question I wanted to ask you. Is there something about Trinidad that's particularly appealing to that type of Denverite right now? You know, one of the most appealing things, at least with the creatives that I've talked about, is that they can go down there and buy their first home. You know, I've had a, at least a dozen friends over the last six to six to nine months move down there and buy their first home, something they never thought was possible. You know, some in their 20s, some in their 30s, some in their 40s. They didn't think that they were ever going to own a home. So to go down there and to be able to, to have that opportunity, I think, is really centerpiece to a lot of uh, the appeal uh, to folks down there. But it's also this idea that we can, you know, create something new and find opportunity and not be flooded in a place like Denver with people who are doing the same thing as you. So I, I've, I believe there's like two camps of people that I've talked to about Trinidad. You know, there's folks who, you know, I take them down there and they're like, oh, but it doesn't have this and it doesn't have that and it doesn't have all these things. And in my head, I'm like, well, why don't you go down there and start that? You know, like, like that's an opportunity for you to create something that the town needs and that you could live and thrive off of. And then you have other people that think just that they're like, oh yeah, it doesn't have this. I'm so excited to start, you know, this theme restaurant or, or take this shop down there or, you know, roast coffee or, or open the first brewery or the first distillery or the, cause all these things don't exist down there. To me, that's an opportunity if you've never had ownership, you know, in let's say a brewery or a distillery or a restaurant, but you've managed them for the, for the last decade, there's a huge opportunity right now to go to Trinidad and to start your own business um, and to be in a place that that not just, you know, wants it, but really needs it if we're going to support the recreational economy that I think is coming with that state park there. So I, I think it's, you know, when I, I, I view the creative spectrum as being, you know, much more broad than artists. Okay, Kayvon, I've got one last question for you. I'm guessing that there are probably some people listening who are curious to see for themselves what the fuss is about down in Trinidad. What would you recommend for like a long weekend? So you got to check out the, the recreation in town. Go to Simpsons Rest, go to the top, check out that view. Go to Trinidad Lake State Park, Fisher's Peak State Park. We have two state parks within a five-minute drive of downtown. Um, that's just amazing. Um, spend some time walking up and down Main Street. Stop into some of these shops. And there are plenty of people that are going to help you on that journey of discovering Trinidad. And I'm happy to be one of them. Kayvon, thanks so much for joining us on CityCast Denver. Yeah, thanks so much, Paul. Really appreciate you having me. That's all for us today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, take a minute to tell a friend about us. Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts. I recommend five stars. And subscribe to our morning newsletter. Denver.CityCast.FM is the place to learn more. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Until then, I hope you have a really good day. I did it in the same way. That will benefit all residents. Benefit all residents. That's not, it's not the line. It's not the line. It's me. <laughs>